1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on the final Premiership weekend before the World Cup break. Rangers fall further behind with pressure mounting on Giovanni van Bronckhurst. Celtic see off Ross County amid more handball drama and there were big wins for the likes of Kilmarnock and Aberdeen as the top flight now goes into cold storage until mid-December. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. We have entered... Uncharted territory, Gordon We have never had a hiatus like this In Scottish Premiership history Five weeks with no Celtic games Five weeks with no Rangers games So I can only imagine the calls tonight And for the next month Are going to be about Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling Whether Dylan Levick gets into the Wales team or not And who's going to win between Qatar and Ecuador on Sunday I'm looking forward to it Yes, absolutely Let's. I'll just say it at- Three minutes past six It's rubbish Kenny Miller It's rubbish Everybody knows it's rubbish We wish we still had The domestic football And it's easy to say that When Scotland aren't there But we're not going anywhere For the next five weeks We will be here Covering all the talking points From Scottish football Because I'm sure There will still be some And my goodness Kenny It might take a couple of weeks To get over this weekend For starters Yeah I think we've got Four or five weeks Worth of hard decisions To discuss (laughs) (laughs) Handball situations Penalties Red cards We've got so much Still to go through Uh, I'm sure the shows Will be filled And and we'll have plenty To talk about But again I I agree with you I think it's rubbish I can't wait For the 15th of December Like you say Scotland will be In the World Cup uh, what games will I watch I'll probably pick and choose The ones when the big hitters Are playing against each other But no It's, uh, it's not going to be a good uh, It's going to be a long four, what, four or five weeks That's for sure And let's be honest Roger Hanna Is the main question tonight Will Giovanni van Bronckhorst Be the Rangers manager By the time this World Cup finishes? Well 100% Because when you finished the show On Saturday evening At 6 o'clock There must have been a doubt Whether Giovanni van Bronckhorst Would still be Rangers manager when the title sequence went up tonight at 6 o'clock um, He is still at the helm How much longer he's still at the helm Is now a decision for the Rangers board 01419511025 Forget that, all that World Cup stuff We've still got loads on our plate from the weekend So get in touch and let us know how you feel about it Rangers fans, there is obviously only one place to start As far as you're concerned It was another poor result More dropped points a widening gap at the top of the table and mountains more criticism for the manager, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. At five past six on the Monday night, he's still the manager. There is no sign necessarily uh, that that changes. But what do you think? There's now a good few weeks for the club to have a think about things, for you to have a think about things. So pick up the phone tonight. Look back on the weekend, by all means. Specifically, where did it go wrong? What annoyed you about the performance? There were one or two players individually getting it in the neck on this show on Saturday night and is this the gap is this the break in which Rangers part ways with the manager or not pick up the phone right now and let us know 0141 951 1025 Roger Hanna your result of the weekend if you don't mind the result of the weekend I'm going to go right back to the best game of the weekend on Friday night live on the telly Hamilton 2 Air United 3 Air temporarily six points clear at the top of the championship. I know it was cut by Morton on Saturday afternoon, but it was a, a TV thriller. Three times they took the lead and they only just clinched it right in injury time. Ayrshire bias, as always, Kenny, your result of the weekend. I'm going to give it St Mirren. Uh, obviously beats beat Celtic at home. 
probably deserved a win against Rangers at home had it not been for the penalty against on Ryan Kent uh, it was a really strong performance again for, for, for Stephen Robinson's men so yep I'd give it to them for their draw against Rangers Goal of the weekend Goal of the weekend I am going to go it's a very difficult sort of there wasn't too many goals I'm going to go mm. with Sead Haksabanovic okay. for Celtic I think it was a lovely controlled finish down into the bottom corner at 1-0 down I think you know, even Hugh Keevans didn't say Celtic couldn't come back this time. They did come back. David Turnbull equalised and a spectacular winner by Hagsabar. I think he was about to. I could see it in his eyes. It was just because was, it was his birthday. He was a bit slower on the uptake. Kenny, goal of the weekend? I'm going to get it to Stephen Kelly. Oh, good choice. Uh, yeah. Against Hearts. I mean, uh, great touch. Good body movement shifting onto the right and to beat a goalkeeper of Craig Gordon's quality into that low arrowed into the low into the bottom corner. Wonderful finish and that might be his first goal. Is yeah, it? I yeah. was right behind it actually. Tank Castle was a lovely move, finish. greatly off by Andy Shinney and yeah. lovely as you say, particularly to beat Craig Gordon when he was playing like that on yeah. Saturday. Arrow like into the bottom corner. I feel like I'm going to start every week just throwing in a lower league one that deserves a mention. I think we should do that. Have you seen Leon McCann from Falkirk? No. Check it out. That's fine. That's all I'll say to you. Um, where are we? Howler. This will be good. We extend the show till midnight. Howler of the week. Well, I'm all over it, as you know. Penalty against Matt O'Reilly. Howler. <sighs> Absolutely. What is happening to us? Uh, Roger. I'm going to steer clear of VAR. I'll let Kenny talk about VAR tonight. I think the Howler simply has to be the Rangers' performance and the Rangers' result again. Um, off the back of drop points at home to Livingston, the defeat at St Johnson. Um, to drop more points and, and almost lose be six or seven minutes from defeat in Paisley um, it's a, another low point in the season for Rangers and finish on a high top performer over the weekend who was the main man uh, listen it's hard there's no real outstanding no card tricks there's no top right, real outstanding performances but I'm going to give it to Ayunga mm-hmm. from St Marin a goal against both sides of the old firm uh, could have been a winning goal but just his whole play over that that game he was an absolute handful uh, for young Leon King and James Sands uh, yep so I'm going to give it to a younger and I'm going to go a bit left field David Witherspoon of St Johnson set up the goal in the draw against your beloved Motherwell man of the match performance at Perth on Saturday and his weekend even better named in the Canada squad to go and play in the World Cup World Cup is now banned from being mentioned between now and 8 o'clock. We've got more on our plate before we turn our attentions to that. Uh, don't hold me to that, by the way, because I'll probably forget. But anyway, 0141 951 1025. Come on down. How do you feel after the weekend? Kenny's given his howler of the weekend, uh, that handball decision against Matt O'Reilly. But Rangers fans, let's start with that game in Paisley. Where did it go wrong on the day? And where does this leave you, the club and the manager overall? Possibly the same question I've asked on many Monday nights But every time you need to ask it The reaction, I suspect, will be more severe So let's get stuck straight in with Jack Who's in Shettleston Jack, sum up how it feels going into this break On the, the back of that at the weekend Yeah, it's a struggle, to be honest But I was looking to get your points, guys What, what, what do you think about Rangers should do? Because if Rangers don't get rid of Geo he could come back after this break and drop points in his first game and everybody's going to be absolutely going raging and quite rightly but if they bring a new manager in now he's got this time to work with players implement his style and his philosophy and what have you but if they don't he'll drop if he drops points again everybody's going to go bonkers that's, that's the thing 
So this, so Jack, just before I get ask them what they think, as you have, that means you think it's time to part ways, yeah? I think he's been very unlucky with injuries and things like that. I really do. But the style of play is very slow as well. And you know what? We have caught two minds. I, I just don't know. It's that type of thing, and I don't think even the board know. And it's going. Is there a stolen thing because of the money it's going to cost to get rid of? Then maybe bring somebody in. I don't know. Fair enough, you're allowed to be torn I think now, Kenny, a lot of Rangers fans probably aren't yep. But um, Jack's saying, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similar yeah, to Jack I think it's if you're not going to do it now Then I don't think you can do it in the two, three games after the break Because it would have just been a complete waste of this opportunity That the World Cup's presented us with uh, with this again, it's a pre-season. It's a chance for a new manager to come in. I think something else that feeds into it is they will have a target or targets, and it's whether they can get those target and targets now. Because if they can't, that might also play into whether Giovanni stays or he doesn't stay. So I mean, there could be guys that are actually in employment who they would need to then maybe go and pay money to get them out of contracts as well, rather than just going for somebody that's out of work. And I would I would presume that there's at least one or two guys that are at Aaron work that they would uh, that they would that they would be targeting high up the list. So there's a lot that feeds into it. But ultimately, they need to get the decision done. They need to make it quickly to get the benefit of this break if they decide to uh, part ways with Gio. So you know I'm torn because you never want to see a manager. And again, Giovanni's a really good guy. He's done up until this season. I mean. Everybody was singing his praises last year after how his, how his team were performing in the European run to the uh, to Seville. So there has been a lot going on this year in terms of everything Jack says: slow performances, lack of energy, lack of passion, uh, poor results as well, which obviously leads to Rangers being nine points behind Celtic after fifteen games, which is never good. So I'm I'm. I don't know which way to lean at the moment, to be honest. Roger, do you think Rangers will part ways with the manager during this World Cup break? Um, you asked me that last Tuesday night and I said, yeah, I think they probably will. Um, definite yes now then. I've said before, the status quo can't continue. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and this group of players are incompatible. You can see where that team was six months or 12 months ago and you see where they are now. They've regressed badly. So either the board completely puts their faith in the manager and allows the manager to bring in eight, nine, ten, eleven new players in the January and summer windows because that's what it's going to need. Uh, or they take the other way and they get a different manager in who will get more out of this group of players because as Kenny says, the group of players just now look lethargic, they lack energy um, they've been outrun by the St Mirrens, the St Johnsons, the Livingstons of this world they, they lack pace in the team and that none of that could have been said about that group of players 6 or 12 months ago Quite the opposite was being said You know when they were beating Celtic In the Cup semi-final at Hamden People were commending them For the the energy levels At the end of 120 minutes So something is going badly wrong there What's going badly wrong Jack? What's the bit then You, you say you're torn What's the bit that Is making you want to keep faith With this manager? At, at, at times I don't think he's made the signings at, at, at times I don't I don't think he's been sitting watching Matondo or anything like that, who I think's got a bit of a hard time because I don't think he's a right winger. I think he's plays on the left. Uh, there's just something not right. And the injuries that have happened to him as well is a bit unfair. Not unfair, but it's just he's not got his strongest 11 out there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the thing with Morelos, who, who just seems to have down tools as well. Kamara seems to have down tools since he's not got his move to Nice. 
there's players who are big hitters just seem to have disappeared now. And I don't know if that's maybe down to the way he's managing or anything like that, but I don't I mean the play I don't ever think managers or players won't give their all for a manager. Because I mean let's be honest players when I are selfish in a way as well, because you want to you get pride. You know what I mean? So you don't want to lose. You, so I don't understand when people say that, oh, that he's lost the dressing room. They're still going to try, you know, because they're the, ultimately the ones who going to lose out medals and things like that. And just to touch on what Kenny was saying as well, that if they've got somebody in line for a job, I don't mean to put words in Kenny's mouth for anything like that. But for me, the person who you would want would be Michael Beale. But are you going to get Michael Beale when he's doing so well with QPR? We don't know, because he could end up going up to the Premier League. And then you'd go to Sean Dyche, Asin Hootle. There's a few others, and I think Gerard was probably the favourite. But I wouldn't want Gerard back without you. QPR now sliding down the table, incidentally. Maybe maybe, maybe the opportunity uh, has changed yeah, slightly. I don't, I, I don't know what happened to Michael Beale in the district bar. He's lost every game since he was there. <laughs> um, I feel like you were, you were about to butt in on Jack. I could no, see you it, poised. It, what, what word has been used more than any other word in this show since 6 o'clock? Manager. Now, to me... Giovanni Van Bronckhorst isn't what I would traditionally think of as a manager. Now we're getting into semantics here. For me, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst head coach of Rangers because Rangers have a head of recruitment who brings in the players. Robbie Matondo always gets a mention. He gets a mention from Jack there just now. You know, you're not telling me Giovanni Van Bronckhorst burst in one day in the summer and said we need to sign Robbie Matondo. You know, he is there to coach the players that are given to him. But but the many. Manager slash head coaches. Look, the problem is we've got right now. Well, in I'll city, give you a different state everybody away. Everybody knows because Ange Postecoglou brought guys from Japan. But yeah. other, other than that, I mean, even so, the, the, clubs no, no, in the, the Premiership. Po- the point I was going to make. Well, I'm not too sure that there are. The point I was I going to. I don't think to, it is the setup. Like, I, I, honestly, I could not disagree more on on that statement that Giovanni has no say on. It, no, he'll have a say, but he doesn't have as big a say as Ange Postecoglou does, or. David Martindale I'd, does I'd, 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 those, two are, those two are extreme examples though right now aren't they because David Martindale and they're different clubs plums no. the showers at Livy so we know he does everything and, yeah, so, no, and no, no, the point I'm trying to make is Celtic at a time when they didn't have Giovanni, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is the guy ultimately who's in the line of fire at the minute what we need to establish from Jack and from other Rangers fans are which part of the problem at Rangers needs to be addressed is it the coaching is it the way the players are drilled before games? Is it team selection? Is it recruitment? Because I don't think Giovanni Van Bronckers has an enormous say in the recruitment at the club. You know, before we're talking about people losing their jobs, where do the Rangers fans think the majority of the problems lie? You don't agree with that. You think no. that you have to almost take the criticism for that when you're the manager. I, no, I think you do. Partly. You know, like the players need to take responsibility for their own individual performances. It can't always be the manager. It's a football club. It's everybody looking to, to achieve one thing. Everybody looking in the same direct, pulling in the same direction. So when you're talking about recruitment, recruitment is a collaboration. It's not, and, and, and I, I know there is clubs that abroad, even down in England, that there will have this thing where a guy does sign the players. And that's fine because that's clear to the manager when he comes in. That will not be Glasgow Rangers. It is a collaboration. The manager, the head of recruitment, Ross Wilson is the, Ross Wilson, the director of football, the, the scouts that are going out to see these players. It is a collaboration and everybody will give their, their 50 pence worth of who they feel would be the right signing for the football club. And then they will, I, I think between Ross and between Gio, that's where I think it will fall. 
I don't think it's more Gio or more Ross and I, I could be miles off it but it has to be a collaboration because see if you're going in and it's one guy against one guy that's a fight it's a losing battle that's not how you operate in a football club you have to be working hand in hand uh, Thank you to Jack let's bring in Alan same question Alan will Giovanni Van Bronckhorst or should he still be the manager when this break finishes? Good evening panel uh, two weeks ago I was on and defended him uh, I'm starting to change my tune I don't think he might be the manager before the break finishes uh, but as Kenny says uh, I feel sorry for him because the players have got to take uh, their actions in it as well like I was taught when I played football it doesn't matter what age you are there's Ian King on Saturday 18 his young boy's been flung in why is he taking a touch three yards for his own goal clear your minds how the St Martin fan behind the goal put it over a stand things like that they're not helping but Gio some of his team selections I've heard you on the show before players that's been out of the picture for weeks upon weeks and then they get flung in uh, and there's a lot of strength and their fitness their fitness was superb last year we seem to be so lacking in fitness yeah I mean I suppose that's it Roger we this all seems like the same conversation that we had maybe three or four weeks ago yeah. except Rangers have continually been dropping more points so yeah. it, if it's not now at, at what stage is it getting more extreme you know because it, we're saying the same things that we were saying. Oh, well, you know, but it's only four points. No, well, it's only seven points. It's now nine points. And oh, now, yeah. Listen, there's no, no sign of an away win. Listen, Celtic have lost one of the last 47 league games. This league is all but over. You're relying on Celtic not only losing three games between now and the end of the season, you're relying on this Rangers team going on a lengthy winning run. And that looks extremely unlikely at the minute. Now, Alan has made a good point, again, about the fitness of the players. Now, we're asking who's to blame for what. If the players look unfit and lethargic and lacking of energy, that is something that's to be laid at the door of the head coach. What is going on in training Monday to Friday? What's the tempo like in training? You know, people say you should train the way they play. Um, If they're playing the way they train, then... That doesn't say a lot for what they are doing through the week. So that is something you would hold Van Bronckhorst and his coaching staff responsible for. And they don't look as fit. They just don't look as fit as they did in the run-in at the end of last season. I mean, Alan, what... Is it just as simple? I was going to say, what's changed in the last two weeks that's tipped you over the edge? Is it just those two performances or... You know, is there more to it? That's a good question. Uh, I think the performances and... uh, the way the team's getting picked, everything. And injuries, and to be fair to me, here's a point for Kenny, sorry, and can I have one quick point with Roger before we go, but here's a point for Kenny. You're a professional football player. Rangers played a lot, a lot of games last year in the Europa run. I think it was an extra 20 games. Is this now the backlash of that? Apart from Tom Lawrence, a lot of players like uh, Conor Golson never missed a game. A lot of players are getting muscle injuries. Is that a backlash of playing the extra games last year? You know, I would, I would have to say no. Uh, because Rangers now, for the <clears throat> the last... Well, I think since Steven Gerrard came in in 2018, they've probably been upwards of 55, 60 games every season. Uh, that's why Conor Goldson, guys like James Tavernier, they're up there on the on the list of all-time European appearances for, for, for Glasgow Rangers because of the amount of games they've got. What I would say about this season, again, particularly Conor Goldson, he's someone who has barely missed a minute, never mind a, a, a run of games. 
when this Champions League campaign because of the World Cup has been condensed over this period and the games do go up a level there's no doubt about that the team's not feeling great about themselves individually they're not performing they're getting barred for pillar to post there has been so much pressure and they've been under so much scrutiny that can also feed into it but I think when you're putting this amount of games and that we that seven week period having these six Champions League games it definitely puts the body under a lot of strain particularly for these guys like your Goldsons like your Tavierners who are got Lundstrom who are going again going again going again every week because these guys don't get rested they don't get left out or rotated they're there every single week so I think this season how, how congested the games have played a part in terms of what's went on last season listen it's a, it's a fair point, you know, but the fact is that they have Conor Goals in particular, he's probably went 50, 62, 67, 54 games over the last four seasons, so and he's still managed to churn it out. But things are mm. not going well, it always it always hurts harder and takes more out of you when things are not going well. A bit pushed for time, Alan, but make it quick to Roger. Roger, fortunately, unfortunately, I've come on this time every year, you're a sports journalist. Do you think? The national papers should be, but here we are again, remembering Sunday, 15 seconds at Celtic Park. Do the Celtic board meet you act? It's a disgrace. Oh, jeez, I did say we were pushed for time. I'm supposed to take this break four minutes ago, and you're going to need to satisfy that answer in the next 15 seconds. Very difficult one. I don't know. This will be a bugbear for the Celtic board as well, because incidents like this, for me, embarrass the football club. Um, but. I think the Celtic board have tried in the past to deal with things like this. Look, you know, there was another UEFA fine last week. I think it's now up to 43,000 in this European campaign alone. Um, And some of the customers of Celtic Football Club and the supporters aren't necessarily on the same page as the board of directors. Thanks, Alan. 01419511025. Sorry, we're late for the travel. Take more calls next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here. It's 01419511025. It's Twitter at Clyde SSB. Hope you are... Not too confused to hear us And if you thought we were going anywhere during the World Cup You are sorely mistaken We're going to stay here Because Scottish football is never quiet Might get a touch quieter But it'll never be quiet There's bound to be something going on Across the next five weeks And we will be here This time next Monday night I'm just looking at your World Cup fixtures Over Kenny Miller's shoulder This time next Monday night We will be getting ready For Cameron Carter-Vickers Versus Gareth Bale at the World Cup How much excitement Can you handle Gordon Brilliant and we'll be... I thought the one You mentioned The World Cup again Gordon I know that lasted <laughs> Half an hour didn't it That wasn't great 01419511025 We've got enough On our plate We're still looking back On the weekend This might even last A few days You never know Let's bring in Gordon Who's a Rangers fan Day one of the break If you like Gordon How do you Look back on the weekend And I suppose The last couple of weeks well, first and foremost, I won't go watch the telly for the World Cup because England's on it, so that'll be the end of that. I'll be off. <laughs> so, uh, going back, going back to uh, the very first game at Ajax when the duo said they couldn't compete. Now, I know uh, Kenny's in there as a player. That must devastate guys right away for me. You know, he, he just put a, 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 just a down marker on the whole team for there and gave them a bit of an excuse. So, for me. There comes a point where a manager just can't turn the, the thing around. And I think it needs a change. For me, Michael Beale would be ideal. Uh, I don't know if uh, it would leave QPR now, but for me, Gio's got to go. 
as simple as that. There comes a point in the time where you just can't turn it around, in my opinion. This might seem like I'm probing quite a lot, Gordon. I'm just trying to get a sense of, you know, how strongly you feel about that. Are you sort of, you would prefer change? Have you just come round to the idea? Or will you be furious if Rangers come out of this break with the same manager? I would definitely want a change, 100%. I, I just think, you know, uh, G was not, he's not a, for me, he's not an inspiring guy anyway. But I just don't think he's came to a point in time where he just can't turn it around. And it comes, and every team has it. You know, a manager goes down the road for a certain time and you've got to change it just to make it fresh. Yeah, we said uh, that, Kenny, I think a couple of weeks ago. This was maybe just my own personal feelings on, on the way you can come at the question. Have you done enough to be sacked as like a punishment, if you like? Or a different way of asking it, are you the man to go forward from here, from this point? And I mean, that's that's the sort of the bit that Gordon's focusing on. He just doesn't see it getting turned from here. Yeah, and that that is what I've said all along. That's only a question for for, for the board. You know, they're the ones that can decide if Gio's the right man. And and I think they need to decide quick because what Gordon's saying is exactly right. Because everybody who's thrown all the words lethargic, uh, Roger used it earlier, lack of energy, passion, desire, fight. All these words that have been thrown into the. Uh, the Rangers' performances or lack of la- all those words in the in the Rangers' performances, it certainly looks that way. So in relation to the manager being able to inspire the players, the manager being able to get the best out of them, at the moment, it's not looking that way, and that's why you can see, you can sense the frustrations from the all the fans. However, you only need to go back. I mean, Rogers in six months, twelve months. Well, it was only twelve months ago that, that Gio came at the job. Six months ago, they were on the way to a European final. Where all of those things. All of those qualities that we've just listed that are not on show at the moment were on show in abundance. So the players are capable. Gio's capable of getting out of the players. At the moment, the club's in a really, really bad place in relation to this. Nine points behind Celtic after 15 games is absolutely unacceptable. That is it. So that alone, managers have lost their jobs for less. You know, so if it's the right time, they need to do it and they need to make it quick. And if it's not... You said it earlier, a bit of communication to actually let the fans know exactly what they're thinking and what their plan moving forward is. I think that would also help to the situation. Ken, Kenny, you've been in dressing rooms for 20 years. You've seen managers come and go. Do you think a different voice in the dressing room, a different figure in the training ground would be able to get more out of this group of players? Yes, I think that, that's, always a, that's, that's always there. I mean, at the moment, that group of players are nowhere near the potential that, that they've got. They're nowhere near the, the performance level that we've seen over over the, over the last year, over the last three, four years. They are nowhere near it. So there is so much more in the group. The injuries, yep, we throw it in. The lack of, lack of confidence is massive. The amount of games, the heavy defeats, everything plays into it. But, see, when you're at Rangers, you need to just mm. get on with that. You know, you need to go out there and these St. Johnston games, these Livingston games, these St. Mirren games with the greatest respect to these teams, Rangers should be beating them. Is that, that where, is that where the, the problem has really intensified in recent weeks? Because it was interesting to hear Gordon mention the Ajax game and the comments that were made about not being able to compete in the Champions League. And many people felt that, okay, whether you should say it or not, but ultimately it's true. And, you know, if you're out your depth financially at, at that level, I mean, but what does that say then when St Mirren and Livingston and St Johnson are getting results against you? Again, the injuries, of course it's a, a problem. Of course it deserves a level of sympathy. But you should still probably be able to get results against these that, teams. That's why you've got the squad. 
That's why you've got the big budget. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I think Giovanni's comments after that Ajax game, he kind of backtracked on them in the, in, the, in the days and the weeks after that because I think he knew exactly what he had says. He knew that the team had competed against these teams like Dortmund and Leipzig the year before to get to Seville. Uh, and they also knew domestically <laughs> the disparity between Rangers and the rest is, is, is probably on par in terms of the scale he budgets in Napoli's and Liverpool's and Ajax's so I think he understood that and he kind of backtracked on it but the bottom line is it doesn't send a great message it wouldn't give me a good feeling about as a player because I think when you go into the into any game you know if you turn up particularly when you're a Rangers player you know you can go and compete you can go and fight you can go and run hard you can go and work you can do all the ugly side of the game that should be ta- that should never be taken for granted it should be the bare minimum but this group have got quality mm. as well and the bottom line is they've just not shown it this season what Gordon was what was bad specifically about the weekend because this keeps happening That you know the overall picture seems so bleak to many Rangers fans it's Monday night we've not even discussed anything I don't think from the game somebody made one comment about Leon King clearing the ball but what annoyed you about the weekend? What specifically from the weekend told you that this has gone too far? I don't think it's just a weekend, Gordon. I think it's just been an accumulation of a couple of weeks where uh, I just think uh, Gio's just lost a dressing room completely. You, you know, the, the thing, I, I keep going back to the Ajax thing, I'm sorry to, to get back to it, but I mean, I remember back when Walter Smith took a team to Manchester and we all due respect to some of the players in there. They were journeymen and he got them to the, the final. You know, and he never mentioned then about being no competing. Uh, if you talk about Neil Lennon with Barcelona beating Barcelona two one in Celtic Park, he never spoke about no competing. It's about setting the mindset for the team, and I'm sure Kenny knows that himself. It's about setting the mindset and make sure they're up for it. And I don't think that guy's got that capability to do that. And I, I think if we don't change it now, uh, it'll be a disaster. It was a disaster already, but it'll get worse. You know, I think seeing in, in relation to the team, right? That the players have to tell, say that already. The players need to take responsibility. When you play for Rangers or you play for Celtic, you play for one of the sides of the old firm. When you're in these situations and you're under so much pressure and you've got everybody's want to tell you how bad you're, you need to have the, the stick skin and this strong mentality that that you thrive in this in this environment and that when you're asked to bring your best, you can bring your best. At the moment, I know there's players like that in that building because I've played with these guys and they've, they've lived it. They've been really, really successful as Rangers players. But there's just no that at this moment in time, it's like they're just going under. You know, they're, they're not standing up to the pressure. They're not putting their chest out. They're not having a, a bit of arrogance about them to say, we are better than the opposition that we're playing and we're going to go and show it. At the moment, the game's are really, really in the balance. You know, Rangers have got, again, with, with greatest respect, they've got better players. I don't think anybody would ever, ever question that. But the, the moment the games are in the balance, yes, you've got all the ball, yes, you're maybe asking all the questions, but the game's right in the balance for me. Uh, and, and you've seen that with the Livingston result, the St Johnston result and the St Mirren result, and it shouldn't be that way. But you look, and I know exactly the point you're making, and I agree with everything you're saying, but... When I heard, I was driving to Tynecastle on Saturday, when I heard Andrew McLean at Smyza Stadium reading out the Rangers team, you look at the Rangers team and there are very, very few players in that starting 11 on Saturday who have the characteristics that you're talking about there, Kenny. The, now, whether that's down to recruitment, whether that's down to the way Giovanni Van Bronckhorst sends them out, you played in a team with... David Weir and with Lee McCulloch 
and with maybe like Barry Ferguson, Barry Ferguson, uh, Naismiths, all these guys, you know, exactly, Boyds, who like, had all yeah. this, uh, uh, you know what you know the, the metal, if you like, for it. The current Rangers team doesn't have that. Or they're not showing it. They're not showing it, and this, like you say, you need to ha- you need to have you need to be able to sh- have it to show it. I get that, but they've shown it. You know, they've they've shown a, a real character about them. But my question is, are they only showing it when everything's going well? Because last year they had a, a, a I mean, again, despite losing the league from a, a, a really strong position, they had a brilliant year. The year before, they go through a domestic season, uh, sorry, a domestic league season, undefeated and get the league. For the last couple of seasons, it's been all positivity. So it's easy to ride that, and it's easy to show show up on a Saturday when you're in that moment. At this moment in time, this group is probably in the worst moment that they've been, and they need to respond and need to show they've got the capabilities they, they, to carry the weight of that jersey on their back. Thank you very much to Gordon. Mark is in Stirling. He's got some interesting thoughts on the managerial situation. We'll hear them next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 0141-951-1025 Or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB Mark and Sterling has been hanging on for quite some time My apologies Mark, take it away Hi guys, how are you doing? Good, good, how are you? Uh, I'm not too bad to be honest you had to um, think about that there though, didn't you? You've been better because of the weekend. As I saw like, the weekend, <laughs> I must admit, yeah. Um, my point being, I, I've listened over the last few nights, possibly the last few weeks, about Gerard, eh, sorry, Gio's position being under threat. And I keep hearing the same name being brought up time and time again, of Michael Beale. Now, from a personal point of view, Michael Beal was the tactician behind Gerrard's tenure. And over the course of Gerrard's tenure, it was always brought up that he never had a plan B, he never had a plan C. So why? All right, he's had a, a not bad start for QPR, but why on earth are we looking for a, a man, a Michael Beal, who clearly was a tactician behind Gerrard's um, Rangers. Now, this is interesting, Mark, because most people who want Michael Beale want him because he was the tactical mastermind behind Stephen Gerrard, but you that's the reason you don't want him. Well, if you look at Rangers' record, not just domestically, but also in Europe, when Michael Beale obviously done what he done behind the scenes, there was no... Again, again... It, there was no plan B. It was, we set up as a, a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 1 4 1. And there was no change of tactics. There was no dynamics to the, the team. I just, I, I can't understand why people want Michael Beale. See, I love to be surprised on this show. I thought that was the, I thought they liked the tactics before, but everyone's got their own take, Kenny. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you watched his QPR team at all, Mark? I've seen clips. Not, I don't particularly watch English football, yeah. but I've seen yeah. clips. Well, he's, he's, he's played a, a number of different systems. You know, over over his time at QPR, he's played back three, which again, you only seen that once, I think, in their time uh, up at Rangers. I think it was the second game, actually, against Motherwell, finishing a 3-3. Uh, I think that was the only time they played a back three, from the start anyway. Michael's definitely 
I think he, he's not just a, a one-trick pony, that's for sure. Uh, and I know a lot of fans would, if the job was to become available, would like to see him back at Ibrox. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't just say that, that that's a, there, there, there might have been thrown at that team, but at that time, Plan A was, it was working. You know, Plan A was working quite a bit when you go through a domestic league season unbeaten, win the league. And, and by the way, and the European runs were were good. You know, like, you're not going to get to a final of a, a European competition as a Scottish club every year, but to keep qualifying for the group stages and then making it out of the group stages, particularly with some of the groups that they were in, I thought was a decent achievement. So I think it's... Uh, I understand what you're saying over that time, but there was... I think Michael now as a manager is... There's there's a real flexibility about how he sets his team up. Listen, the style will always remain, but in relation to how he sets his team up, there is a, a lot of flexibility there. Michael Beale has won nine league games as a manager. Um, for me, Rangers can't be appointing, and I would, I would say the same to Celtic, cannot be appointing a manager who has won nine league games in his managerial career. I mean, uh, Stephen uh, Gerrard one. Of the last five... Listen, that's a good point. I'll give you that. But for me, Stephen Gerrard came at a time where Rangers needed a big personality. He brought an experienced number two. Um, he was given carte blanche to bring in an entire backroom team of seven or eight or whatever it was to support him. And he was given an enormous budget over a number of windows to reshape Rangers. And it was a success because he was charged with stopping 10 in a row and he stopped 10 in a row. Um, I don't think, you know, a lot of those players... Listen, Michael Beale, very talented coach. No doubt about it. No question. I can't question his credentials at all. But a lot of those players wouldn't have been anywhere near Rangers Football Club had Stephen Gerrard not been the manager. And that was why he, why he was brought in. I just think if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst leaves the club, I think for Rangers to take a step forward, they need someone with a greater degree of managerial experience than Michael Beal currently has? Well, you know, like, I, I, I get it. I mean, the, the names that have been kind of, I mean, Sean Dyche was, was, was talking about the job. I mean, what, what a record he's got. Uh, another one was, was Hassan Hull because you start throwing the Ross Wilson connection, the Southampton thing. Again, being a manager for a number of years, got a far far bigger, longer track record than, than Michael Beal. But I just, I, I, don't, I don't buy into I don't buy into that kind of way of thinking. Neil Lennon took over at Celtic as well and had a, a successful, a, a lot of success as a Celtic manager with having very, very little experience as a coach or a manager. Uh, listen, as Michael Beale, right, man, that's no, I'm not here to say that or, or, or not say it, but I think I think he will be very, very high on the on the list we, if Giovanni we'll was to A couple up. of minutes ago before the break, before Mark came on, Gordon Kenny was making the absolutely correct point about some of the qualities that some of his teammates and past Rangers teams had that are missing from the current squad of players. I, I think the same goes for managers because you know the look look at the most successful manager of the modern era at Rangers, Walter Smith. You played under him. To be a successful manager at Rangers or Celtic, you need to have, for want of a better expression, a bit about you, and no one had more about them than Walter mm. Smith. And you look at. The Martin O'Neills, the Brendan Rodgers, Ange Postacoglu at the minute has got a bit about him. You think some of the previous Rangers managers as well, Graham Souness, Dick Advocat, who signed you first time round, a wee bad bit about ju- him. Bad judge of character. Clearly. So whoever comes in, more you know, to have players who have a bit about them, you need to get a manager with a bit about them as well. Mark, 
you're not so We need to take a step back here Because Rangers don't have a managerial vacancy right? So I accept what you're saying You don't want the next man to be Michael Beale Does that mean you don't think Rangers should change at all? Or it's just that name that's annoying you? How do you feel about the current manager? No, I think Listen, I, I loved you I loved him as a player I loved him as a coach when he was at Feyenoord I don't know his record when he went to China But I think I think he's, that result of the weekend is is the, the nail in the coffin for me. He's clearly he, he's not got the players doing what he wants to do, whether that's his fault, his coaching staff, or the players themselves. Um, I heard the guys mention there about Sean Dyche. That guy is a, a proven manager in the English Premier League with a very limited budget and still managed to keep them. All right, he, he's, um, his last a few months where he eventually lost his job at Burnley. Fair enough. But overall, we managed to keep Burnley in the Premier League for so many years on a small, small budget. And he managed to get those players playing for him. And not just playing for him, but he had a set system where it was, let's just set a stall out, don't concede many goals, and let's go for it. Yeah, there's always going to be a balance here, right? Because the assumption is that any new manager gets more out of this current group than Giovanni Van Bronckhorst does. Fine. But we've now spent nearly an hour with not that much criticism or analysis of the players and, and what they need to do more. After the the game at the weekend, there was a huge outcry about the performance of Alfredo Morelos. We've not mentioned that yet. How did you? What did you think when you watched? Because you were there. You went yep. to the game. As a, a fan, if you like, um, I thought he was poor. I really did. Uh, why was he poor? Again, everything I think we we'll, we'll probably have discussed on the show. He's no fit. He's no sharp, or he's no at the, at the peak of his powers at the moment. He does look a bit disinterested. You know, he's he's no the starter. He's he might even have any say. I'm only playing because Cholak's injured, and it's just no. He's that, just, I mean, is that not meant to light a fire under well, you and say this is your chance to go? Everybody's like that though, you know. And this is the, this is the thing when you're talking about characters and, and personalities, and are you up for the fight or are you just going to go under when someone takes your jersey? And that's again at these clubs, you need to have that, like Roger says, that bit about you that he's not taking mm. my shot off my back. You know, and Alfredo at the moment, I still say he isn't. He isn't where he needs to be physically. He's definitely nowhere he needs to be mentally, and that showed in his performance. You know, he was for for what you've seen over the years for Fredo Morelos, uh, he's been the talisman of this team, the go-to guy in the big moments, and he's he was he's, he's a shadow of that player at the moment. I mean, maybe this is extreme, Roger, but just I'm looking because of this break we've got, and, and then we're in mid-December, and the way that a lot of the Rangers fans felt after the game, is there a, is there an actual possibility that that was? Maybe the last game Alfredo Morelos plays for Rangers If they make a real concerted effort to do something And try and recoup something in January Who would buy him? Well, yeah, it's a good question But Genuinely gone nuts, that's not even flipping Who would buy him? Why? You so know, it's safe to say you weren't impressed at the weekend then? It was absolutely hopeless um, I heard you mention towards the end of the game When I was sitting at Tynecastle You asked Gordon Dale on Saturday Whether you, you put on young Robbie Ewer instead of Alfredo Morelos and Dad said, oh, no, no, a time like this, you know, Rangers need goals, you need to keep Morelos on. And I thought, what gives you the impression that Morelos is going to score a goal? Um, he's never looked less likely to score goals for Rangers. He's never looked 
less interested in playing for Rangers. The only time he seemed to get himself worked up was when he knocked Ethan Erhard on off the ball straight from the kickoff, got a booking, allowed St Mirren to knock a free kick forward, which led to the St Mirren goal. Um, it, you know, you see sometimes people will complain in this show about Ryan Kent. Now and again, you see a flicker in Ryan Kent, and he might not be in top form, but I, I do genuinely think he's trying. And you know, whether Ryan Kent signs a new deal for Rangers or heads off somewhere else in January or heads off somewhere else next summer, he'll go on and he'll have a decent career somewhere, Ryan Kent, for the rest of his career. You wonder when Alfredo Morelos leaves Rangers, where in the earth he'll, he'll end up going next? Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Thanks Mark, I'm sure there's a lot more to be said on those topics So feel free to keep the calls coming What about you Celtic fans? Because the Rangers picture seems so bad Because your picture keeps looking good You keep winning, that keeps making the gap big at the top So what did you make of the game at the weekend? Is that Haksibanovic? Is he now really staking a claim to be one of the main men in those attacking areas? And of course, in case you hadn't heard There was more handball drama So now's a good time to share your thoughts on that but before we do 01419511025 it is beat the pundit time the pundits have been winning for far too long we need to knock them off their perch and you need to get your call in before 7 o'clock tackle the headlines 01419511025 play one super scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here it's 01419511025 so much has been said already tonight uh, about Rangers defeat or oh, not defeat it probably felt like a defeat for some of you Rangers fans Rangers draw at the weekend the subsequent pressure or continuation of pressure on Giovanni Van Bronker so feel free uh, to elaborate it might be a good time to switch to the other side of the city or anything else Celtic fans how do you feel you just keep on winning these games you keep piling the pressure on what did you take away from Saturday is said Haksibanovic now flavour of the month it feels like all those attacking players have had a go at it is it now his turn and I'll be amazed if we get through the rest of the show without talking about a certain handball uh, given against Matt O'Reilly at the weekend. Kenny Miller's already given it his howler of the weekend at the start of the show. So if you have any thoughts on that or anything else from the weekend, now is the time to share them. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. Right, beat the pundit time, first and foremost There is a long, unbeaten run going on for the pundits I don't like it, I don't like it one bit Let's see if Mark and Colsaith can end it Are you feeling confident, Mark? I'm confident, aye Now apparently, Mark, you played a few years ago Who did you play against? Uh, Roger Hanna, I mm. beat him You beat him? <laughs> <laughs> oh Mark, that puts you in a very, very exclusive club Roger, you can't have lost more than five games in your entire Super Scoreboard oh, career Oh, I don't know, something like that Wow, Mark, was it convincing? No, it was close. I was going to say, beating with one. It couldn't possibly. Wow, I, I feel I'm a wee bit starstruck speaking to Mark. I, I was just, probably before this minus one nonsense as well. You see, son, Mark, it's everything's Mark at the minute oh, is two to five on Betfair. Mark must be a please gamble responsibly. Mark must be a player, right? I'm excited about this. Heads, it's Roger, and you'll get your rematch and tails. <laughs> you'll need to settle uh, for a mere mortal and Kenny Miller who doesn't have the privilege of the minus one. Oh, you've got your rematch, Mark. Oh. You better believe it. It's a heads. All the best, Mark. And do you know what, Mark? I think he might be rusty. He's not played in ages. Yeah. The coin has been very kind to him. So, Roger, in case you've forgotten how this works, I'm going to give you some Clyde too. Cool. And Mark, I know it's been a few years, so 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can. 
And if you don't know, you are more than welcome to pass and move on to the next one, okay? No problem. Top man. 30 seconds then starts now. Name any side Alfredo Morelos has scored against this season. Aberdeen. How many current Scottish Premiership sides has FA Ambrose played for? Two. Who is the longest serving SPFL manager now that Jim McAnally has left Peterhead? Dick Campbell. Are there more Canadians or Americans playing in the Scottish Premiership at the moment? Canadians. Who left Celtic for Montpellier in August 2022? Julianne. In what year did Rangers appoint Paul Le Guin as manager? 2006. <laughs> Let's bring back Roger. Can you hear us? Yep, just enjoying oh. a bit of foreigner there in Clyde too. I'm excited about this. Are you ready? Go for it. Name any side Alfredo Morelos has scored against this season Aberdeen How many current Scottish Premiership sides has F.A. Ambrose played for? Two Who's the longest serving SPFL manager now that Jim McAnally's left Peterhead? Oh, that's a good one David Martin Are there more Canadians or Americans currently playing in the Scottish Premiership? Americans Who left Celtic for Montpellier in August 2022? Julian In what year did Rangers appoint Paul Le Guin as manager? 2006 <laughs> What do you think Mark? I think the American or Canadian one could uh, Just a guess Mark mm-hmm. Now he, d- he is on minus one these days So that might, oh, might go in your favour So name any side Morelos has scored against You both went Aberdeen You are both correct You could have gone Killy or Hearts How many current Scottish Premiership sides Has Effie Ambrose oh, played Christ. for? I must admit oh, You both said two That's three It's four. Oh, what? I am I'm amazed at that list Celtic Right, fine Hibs oh, St. Johnson and Livy Livingston and St. Johnson I, Not a chance that I've got that right So He's both, still playing very well I saw him last week Yeah, Morton And Dunfermline as well But not Premiership side So it's one all But Rogers minus one uh, Dick Campbell Is now the longest serving really? manager I would have Bet anything that you would have read that today Because it's been In your paper The story which says Mac and Ali's left Peterhead The next line is usually And now Going to see him on Saturday at Fudhill It's Dick Campbell So it's 2-1 In normal money if you like There are more Americans Mm -hmm. Uh, There are 7 Americans to 5 Canadians So where are we Is that 2-all? Yeah but Roger still trails Is that right? No no, yes. I, think, I think that's us level now on. I think Right no? Okay Who left Celtic for Mimpelli in August 22 It's Julian You both got it And Paul Le Guin As Rangers manager 2006 You both got it So that was a 1, 2, 3 And it was a 4 for Roger Hanna So that we are, we're officially level With his minus 1 Any complaints about that? No? No that's good Oh yeah I think Mark's done you Producer yeah. Chris says So has he got Kilmarnock He got Dick Campbell Yeah he got Julian and 2006 It's a 4-4 And he's done you on your minus one well, Why do you look so confused Why are you doing sorry, this Sorry no I was, uh, I was right in... all, sorry, it was, I... is, all it was you, you never actually told us That he got that one right The Dick Which Campbell one? one Oh my apologies oh, no, My you... apologies oh, right, sorry, like, It's I my didn't... fault I don't mind I, I'm big enough to hold up my hands When it's my fault But Mark did get Dick Campbell Which means ah, it's four right, each okay. And Roger's well minus done, Mark. one has done you. Mark, you. you've got this guy on toast. One more, and you get to take I, I think. I think now this minus one has to go. go Mark, on. well done. I'll get him in the mantelpiece. <laughs> I love it. Three for that, Mark. Uh, well done, Mark. 
Are you deliberately losing so that your minus one goes? No, not at all, no No, no I just, I find it hard to be sympathetic I just feel you should have got Dick Campbell You know, I, I can't have met much sympathy But a man of your knowledge should have got Dick Campbell That's all I can say on that I'll forgive right. you, I mean I'll forgive you F.A. Ambrose Because that's really the only other one you got wrong I think, wasn't it? Um, but Mark was decent Oh, Mark was very yeah, good Mark, Yeah um, Mark was good Mark was good I enjoyed that Thank you to Mark and Closytho 141951025 Maybe I just need to read the questions quicker As you always say But I thought I got through or not But you both got the same amount of questions And don't feel too Don't feel too guilty about my part in that So there we are A long unbeaten run for the pundits And who would have thought Roger Hanna uh, The man to bring it crashing back down to earth 141951025 I like that story today I don't know if like is the right expression But when the Peterhead manager leaves It doesn't usually make headline news If mm-hmm. you like But he's been there 11 years By a mile the most the longest serving manager And I think you're not far off with David Martindale I noticed in the table He's he's bobbing about somewhere yeah. Um, But yeah Dick Campbell Now That's a, that's a stri- will we, Here's one for you Will we see another SPFL manager do An 11 year stint ever again? No top flight, I would say. Maybe one of the smaller mm. teams, lower leagues, maybe. What's Dick Campbell at now? Seven. Mm, no? Six something. Seven. So, I mean, even he's got a long way to go. Do you think we'll mm. ever see it again, Roger? I would doubt it. One club? I would doubt it. Kenny's probably right. You know, you maybe get a, you know, one of the smaller community clubs and they get, you know, someone who who buys into the culture of it. There's great quotes from Roger Morrison, the Peterhead chairman this afternoon, just talking about the sacrifices, both personal and financial, that Jim McAnally has made during his 11 years at the club. And, you know, I think in the past, he's been close to, to leaving and looking to do other things and he just couldn't tear himself away from, from the club and for the supporter base up there. But he's now chosen to leave. I think Davy Nichols is in charge for the game against Infermline at the weekend. They're only a point behind Jim Duffy's Clyde. New manager in it, Clyde, decent resulted in Fermlin at the weekend for Duff. So, interesting to see how it all shakes down. Producer Chris has just told me Jim McAnally saw five Prime Ministers, which sounds a lot, but it feels like we've had five in about the last six weeks. So, I don't know. I actually thought it might have been more. But there you are. There's the football stat that you never knew you needed. In Peterhead. On a, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, on a Monday night. Right. We've been talking a lot about Paisley on Saturday. But, of course, in this city, everything's linked. And the reason the Rangers picture looks... Doubly bad is because, well, Celtic keep winning and that keeps that points gap stretching every time they slip up. Even when there is a wobble, Roger, or a big decision or whatever, you just don't feel like they're going to drop points at the moment, do you? No, and you made a good point just before the, the 7 o'clock news here when you spoke about Haksabanovich. Um, every time Celtic have been in trouble lately, one of that, I was going to say front three, one of that front seven, Gordon, has stepped up. Right at the start of the season, it was Jota, then there was a spell, if you remember, that you know Abada came in, scored a couple in the Old Firm game. Uh, Giacomakis scored that late winner at Perth against St Johnson after Mitchell had equalised for St Johnson. Um, Maida scored one of the goals late on against Dundee United. James Forrest came in and had that little spell, and they not got a hat trick to get through 100 goals for Celtic. Um, Kyogo's done it and now at the weekend when it was balanced at 1-1 with Ross County Haxavanage has stepped forward and done it for Ange Postacoglu and you know Kenny was talking in the first hour about Rangers players needing to step up and contribute there's been no shortage of Celtic attacking players stepping up and contributing The numbers Kenny everyone talks about the numbers and nothing would highlight the difference probably between the sides at the moment 
if you were to add up all the goals scored by the striking options and the wide options, Celtic have just constant contribution from the, those areas, don't they? And it doesn't matter who it is, and, and that's the thing. If it's if it's Forrest, Forrest comes in and scores four goals, and I think it was less than a hundred minutes of football. Haksabanovic uh, has stepped up, I and the goal, the way it was coming, I mean, Rogers gave it his goal of the weekend, but it's the way it was constructed. You know, and this is where there's a big difference between both clubs. There is a real cohesion. There's a there's this quick play, this understanding about the about the Celtic front three, front four. Even when you get uh, O'Reilly stepping forward or McGregor's or Hatati's that, that, that go and join in, there is just some really really good quick link up play that does pull teams apart. You know, the one again, they win two one, but they had twenty two shots at goal, ten on target, like, and they're really good chances, and they're carved. They they, they still carve teams open. Even when they're maybe not quite mm. at their best, but it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, Rogers says seven players. I mean, there is probably more. I mean, you've got Kyogo and and Jackamakis as two strikers. Wider areas, you've got Forrest, Maeda, Haksabanovic, Jota, Abada. Like, it doesn't matter who's playing. They're all chipping in with goals. Then even if you need a David Turnbull to come in and get one at the weekend. Yep, and it pops up. Hatati's popped up with some big goals, but again, was instrumental in the goals mm. that were scored at the weekend. So they're just they are firing, you know, and they're they're really really dangerous in an attacking sense. With their movement, with their link-ups, with their one-two touch play to carve teams open, it's uh, as I said, I've said it many times. It is, it's impressive to watch how they go about their business in an attacking sense. Let's bring in Stephen, who's a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock. Uh, what did you take away from the game at the weekend, Stephen? Hi, gentlemen. Thanks very much for taking my call. Pleasure. Um, obviously, uh, loved the result and got there. Um, no matter what was put in front of us. My biggest concern really is some of the outrageous decisions that we've seen in VAR since it's came in. You know, I think Celtic has been on the end of some ridiculous decisions from the handball at Tynecastle to the offside at Jota, which was inconclusive. I mean, if it's offside, prove it. That's what VAR's meant to do. I don't think the diagram done that. Then the week that could be the head card at Motherwell, which we never got, then you've got Saturday's game there, which I can only describe as the penalty is outrageous. I mean, handball, accidental, outside the box at the very best. You know, I, I just don't feel as if um, VR is really doing what it's meant to do. And I, ho- I thought the whole point of VAR was to eradicate mistakes. It seems to be making them mm-hmm. more than sorting them out. Oh, I mean, that, the difficulty with this is, Roger, we can spend all night Going back over them all If that's what callers want Fine The Jota one for instance I can I can sense the reaction is Well The Scottish FA The officials They say they can Conclusively tell That it was off Whether we can then See the picture That backs that up We're in danger Of going over all ground I get It's adding to A, a bigger picture Of frustration For Stephen what we've not gone over yet, really, on the show, apart from Kenny's Howler, is that handball at the weekend. They were saying this every week here. Specifically that one. Describe it to me. Explain it to me. I need help with it. Um, I think we all need help with it, to be honest with you. And if this five-week break does nothing else, we need to use it to iron out some of these issues. The handball rule now is a farce. Um, it's embarrassing um, people are confused by it And when I say people I don't mean Stephen I don't mean me I mean referees Vars And football managers I spoke to Robbie Nielsen And David Martindale After their game at the weekend And they both had complaints About VAR And they both were confused About how it has been implemented Just about every manager in the league Has said the same thing about it And 
we, we need to get to grips with it, Gordon. Well, we need to get to grips uh, with uh, it. How would you get to? What, how are we going to get to grips with a handball rule that seems to be causing chaos in the Champions League and international football and the English Premier League and Serie A? What, what are we going to do about that over a five-week World Cup break? Well, we, we need to get to somewhere where. Matt O'Reilly's incident at the weekend mm. isn't a penalty because it's, rid- it's how ridiculous. How do we do that? Yeah, I mean that's the thing, Kenny. Maybe even under this current framework, under this current wording of the rule, still tough to see how Matt O'Reilly's is a is a penalty. Is. And I get Stephen's point now. Stephen's now querying whether it was um, inside or outside the box. I hope Stephen doesn't mind for our own sanity. Can we assume that it was inside just so that we can actually analyse the, the the perceived handball? I think we need to assume that it was <laughs> right. because if anything, surely VAR can put a, a situation in, in and, and if it's on and if box, it's on the line, it would in, it, yeah. it would be in. But so, but the handballs are just ridiculous. You know, it really is, and I, I agree with Roger. I think even the referees are, are looking at it and think they think they're implementing it to the letter of the law. But I would like to see if there's referees taking the law aside and taking all the wording and the nonsense that is put into the handball rule, if there's a referee there that actually thinks that is a handball mm-hmm. and it should be a penalty, because I don't think there would be too many of them, because surely common sense yeah. has got to prevail at well, some point. I think, again, Roger, to be specific, because what we are, I think, quite bad for, we just lump everything together, we, we, yeah, bro- I agree. we broad brush everything. So particularly in that one at the weekend, where I am struggling to get my head round it is... If we go, see if we go back to Burnaby's, right? Again, everybody thought Burnaby's against Dundee United was extremely harsh. Should never have been a penalty. You're looking at the wording of the rules and you're talking about is the movement of the arm justifiable because of the body action? And everyone seems to think yes, because he's tried to header the ball and his hand swung round. Fine, but if you really, if you force me, if a referee says right, but this is the way it's working, Stephen Fletcher's header is going towards the goal. It has hit an arm And that has stopped the ball Getting towards the goal And therefore We are giving that as a penalty Might not agree But we could kind of Make our peace with it What is Matt O'Reilly's It's not a shot It's not a cross It's As Stephen says It's it's right at the edge of the box It pops up What purpose is being served by or, or or how do we even how do we pretend we're going to get any sort of consistency if we're given those ones? Yeah, and consistency is important because Stephen and other Celtic supporters will be perplexed as to how the Matt O'Reilly incident is a handball, but Michael Smith at Tynecastle isn't a handball. I'm confused. Supporters will be confused. Um, I spoke to David Martindale on Saturday night. There's a handball by Alan Forrest in the build up to Hearts equalising goal. It's a handball. He handles the ball. Does it not pop up off his foot first? I'm just curious Because I've, I've seen one little Quick clip of it It was a genuine question uh, I'm not sure Because if it does Then it wouldn't be a handball But that, that's the only reason I was asking So If that's the case then Half the handballs We've seen this season You know there's ones That have come off People in. I know, I know no, the point really. I know the point not you really. make That tends to be a bit of a distinction that, that, The only one I can remember Is Aberdeen at Ibrox Because it seemed very blatant But if it comes yeah. off Another body part It's not meant It's not meant to be a mm. A penalty But Rogers Rogers saying there That it came off his His hand in the build up, no necessarily mm-hmm. for a penalty. So does that still apply? Because the handball oh, yeah. No, actually I don't know if it does. No. If it, I thought it did. Certainly David up, Martindale thought it did. I, I applied it should be a handball, is mm. what you're saying, because yeah. it was part of the build up to the goal. O- it's not a penalty. O- but, oddly but, enough, but I thought right. it was a foul on Joel Nubley, even before Alan Forrest handled the ball. Right, but this is the problem, right? We're all about Matt O'Reilly, right? No point get over every bad decision. Because we'd definitely be here all night um, But do you, th- do you think Crawford Allen Head of referees Ian Maxwell Head of the SFA 
They cannot be sitting comfortably in their chairs. There's no way that they are sitting a month into this VAR thinking, this is going really no. well, guys, isn't it? Probably not, but again, I still feel like some of the issues are separate. I feel like, for instance, the on-field referee gives that handball. Now, yeah, you can then say there's a feeling that VAR doesn't want to overturn it or doesn't want to ask him to look at it or doesn't think it's a clear and obvious error. But before VAR, before four weeks ago, that's been given as a penalty against Matt O'Reilly. This is, goes back to what I'm saying about generalising everything and, and broad-brushing everything. And of course, we don't get... We, we never talk about the things that, that VAR gets right. So, what... That's still a penalty four weeks ago. Is that just a bad refereeing decision? Well, it depends what side of the you're looking at it from. If we are saying that the handball rule was correctly implemented by the referee and the VAR, then the referee hasn't made a mistake. But yeah, that's my point. Every, everyone seems to think that that's not the case in yeah. this one. Uh, also, what would alarm me if it was Crawford Allen is the number of things that VAR are having to alert referees to that referees mm-hmm. are missing. Yeah, but that's also what it's there for, though, as well. Do you know what I mean? We can't, but, we, uh, but, a month in, we can't be having that both ways. We can't be. If it's there to clear up mistakes and it clears up a mistake, there's no point in whinging about the fact that there was a mistake that got cleared up. Seems to be an awful lot of mistakes, oh God. Oh, I get that, but like I say, th- that, is us, that, that is us really wanting our cake and eating it as well. Surely. Mm. So, so, so what's your solution to that? No, oh, Get by the way, don't make by the way, there is no solution because it's here, and but I think we need to try and get to a position where every phone in like tonight and every post-match mm. press conference is not dominated by VAR because yeah, there's personal responsibility goes on that as well. I, I, in whose case, our uh, case, everyone, manager's everyone. case, everyone. Yeah, you still you still hear managers talking well, about things we, that, we that wouldn't, wouldn't be cleared we, up. We wouldn't by be VAR. debating it in the show on a Monday night if fans like Stephen weren't phoning in about it. And managers like Ange Postacoglu, Robbie Nielsen, well, David Martindale, Jim Goodwin. Well, did you listen to Ange Postacoglu? Yes, I did. He doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, and he said he he was showing a disrespect for his team. But previously, he was happy to talk about it to the extent where he was Mm. saying, we don't get penalties other than at Lennox Town, and it's only a handball unless Michael Smith does it at Tynecastle. So he's been happy to talk about it. Stephen, Matt O'Reilly's now been done by a fairly harsh one in the Champions League and domestically. Is this... Is this a Scottish thing? Is handball just a bit wild across the board if he's had one in the Champions League as well? Well, to you personally, I I just think referees in Europe may be judges to a different standard. I just personally feel since VAR has come in, there has been some ridiculous decisions week on week. We actually now expect to play against VAR and the other team. That's my. That's the way I think when I'm watching a game. But again, Stephen, this is what I'm talking about about generalising and understand it. And I, maybe I'm being a bit pernickety because it could have then influenced the decision. But the on-field ref gave that decision. If we didn't have VAR at the weekend, you have to assume that's still a penalty against Matt O'Reilly, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Well, if he's given it, he's given it as a penalty. But why Michael Smith was not a penalty, and why was the the Rangers uh, one that I think it was Leon King that handled it? Against Hearts Why was that not a penalty well, it was Ben Davis And Hurt in the face <laughs> Which would be quite a, An easy explanation To that one um, But you see Kenny Like Maybe it is Maybe it is me being fussy But even, even the Michael Smith one it's Yes it's meant to overturn it And then it goes back to Something Roger says and I thought it was a penalty Can, yeah. can the refs do more Because um, You know Whether VAR Not VAR 
What is the ref? Why does the referee give that one at the weekend if you are so sure that that's miles off it in, in terms of what a penalty should be? I, I don't know. You know, but all, all I would say to Stephen is that he feels aggrieved for his team. You know, but there is numerous other teams that, that can feel aggrieved as well. And and I'll tell you, every single team will will fall foul to a decision or decisions over the course of the season. There is maybe two or three. I'm not having the offside ones. Because offside's offside And the diagram that went up Is not supposed to show the offside It's the lines And it's the Hawkeye And it's the mm. calibration Yes it was a poor picture But the offside ones are offside uh, But the handball I, I don't even know where to go with it What did you, what no, did no, you no, think no, Stephen Steve mentioned there About the Starfield late, Extremely late You can do it after the break We'll take more of your calls Taking your calls On Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna, Kenny Miller both here Both ready for your calls on 01419511025 And we are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB So get your uh, questions in um, I think you are going to make light work of this But we'll set it up anyway I'll tell you what We'll do it with a Celtic spin To make it a bit harder uh, for Kenny Because we've got a couple of uh, oh, versions Kenny played for Celtic of course, I know, but some of these were ex-teammates. Oh, goals in the Champions League on the on the Rangers side. So, beloved Derek, Derek Morrison says, "Can you name the last ten English internationals to have played for Celtic?" Pretty straightforward, I think. But it's starting to go down that road of are we allowed to mention it World Cup theme. Uh, ten, the last ten Celt- uh, in English internationals to play for Celtic. I'll take one each. I'm told that. <laughs> no, Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Aye, oh yeah, aye. Okay, Easy. Kenny. Uh, you right? No, is it that far back? Yes, he's on there. Lovely. Okay, any more? Chris Sutton. Yes. I'll leave it there. There's one on there actually that I think I might be. Can I throw another one in there, Christopher Rogers Foster? Yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. There's one on there I might take off this list actually. I'm going to launch my own stewards' inquiry. So let's go for 9 or 10 We'll see how we get on And by the way, thanks to Derek That's fulltime at Clyde1.com If you want to send your questions in Fulltime at Clyde1.com Let's hear a bit from Ange Postacoglu After that win at the weekend Yeah, you can sense it Even with our supporters now that No one panics uh, <clears throat> Players know what they need to do and, and they really believe in themselves I think the opposition sense it as well That we're going to come and you know we're we're not going to be uh, you know we're not going to yield at any point and uh, I'm pretty fortunate. I've got a fantastic you know, group of players, real quality, but <clears throat> in terms of character, uh, you know, outstanding. Uh, the, the fact that they continue to to rise to every challenge. I've already said that. I, I think me talking about it the last two cl- two weeks has done a disservice to my football club, and it's best I I don't really talk about it anymore they're all, the only way they were going to score today was a penalty and they got it so um, you know, from my perspective we just got to make sure we're scoring more goals um, than the opposition uh, Ange Postacoglu is not keen to keep talking about refereeing decisions he thinks it takes away from his team I don't get the sense that fans are quite on the same wavelength as that yet which is interesting because they usually buy into everything he says but it is understandable and um the show will probably cease if we don't argue about refereeing decisions. <laughs> um, so the, the irony of that's not lost on me. But Kenny, if we could do football, um, you know, for a minute, how much is the hand-in-hand nature of the footballing rivalry in the city at, at play? You know, if you are, if you're Rangers, how hard is it to focus solely on what are you doing wrong and where are you going wrong? 
And how much do you have to acknowledge where you are in relation to your rivals? How did you find that as a, as a player? And obviously, you have played on both sides. I, I don't. I don't think you can. I think you have to. It has to be mm-hmm. solely about you. Fans you must do that though, but you don't I, think internally. No, no, yeah. I, I don't think you can because you can't control that, Gordon. You know, like if Celtic are playing outstanding again, go back to it last season. We were on the show every week and everybody was happy. Rangers were on the way to Seville, Celtic were on the way to a title and a double, Rangers were in the Scottish Cup. It was honours half kind of even-ish as much as for me, if I was a Celtic fan, I would have been happier. But the Rangers fans on this show were talking about that they didn't care about old firm results because they had a big semi-final coming up. So last year was unique. This year, the nature of Glasgow, it's always the same. Somebody's doing well, somebody's no... Uh, uh, doing not so well somebody's getting in the neck and somebody's getting the praise at the moment Celtic are rightfully getting the praise for the way they're performing they're 9 points clear they've won 14 games out of 15 Rangers are toiling they've lost to St Johnston they've dropped points against Hibs St Mirren and Livingston and, and it was a heavy heavy defeat against Celtic in the, old, old, in the only old firm of the season so far so it's just the nature of the beast but for Rangers they have to work out quickly focus solely mm. on them they can't, they can't control what's going on across the city uh, yes, it affects what happened the the way they're viewed, but in relation to fixing it or getting or closing a gap or getting praise and, and getting back on a, on a bit of forward momentum, they can only focus mm-hmm. on your, on yourself. It felt Roger like a big moment for both at the weekend because I mean Ange Postecoglou talked about you know the kind of feeling in the stadium. He was even geeing the fans up, which he doesn't tend to do. Jota's running into the net to get the ball. Um, I think it was from the equaliser So that Celtic could then Start play a bit quicker Games like Home games in November Against Ross County No offence Don't tend to spark wild reactions But because of what happened at lunchtime Is that Is that Is that what's at play here? Um, I'm not so sure I actually thought the previous weekend Was more significant Because With 87 minutes gone at Celtic Park 2-2 with Dundee United Rangers still to play on the Sunday there was probably a chink of light there for Rangers in the title fight. And Celtic then scored two in the dying embers of the game. They win 4-2, having won in similar style at Perth a week or two before. Rangers then shed all three points at Perth. Um, they shed two at St Mirren in the next game. So, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I just think that's the way Celtic play now. You know, they, they want to oh, win no, games. No, I didn't mean that. I mean, they always play quick. I just meant the, the sort of... The celebrations, if you like, the, the the feeling, the fact that it felt like... I mean, the point I'm trying to make, 2-1 wins against Ross County don't all, in November don't always feel that no, it, big. It's, but it's different though, because there is now this five-week break and there is a significance to going nine points clear because yeah. Rangers now have an awful long time to uh, stew on the way the results have gone the last couple of weekends. Um, you know, Kenny would tell you if you're a player... You want a game to come quickly So you can try and get back into a winning mentality And and, and try and close that gap against Celtic That nine point gap Is going to sit there Until at least December the 15th That's quite a long time Mm, Yeah I mean Kenny I suppose it would be across the board The consistency I saw um, saw Rio Rio Hatati Getting more rave reviews At the weekend Some of his clips he's, He's passing his touch The way he sets up the goals Again, you can't help but thinking that maybe we're speaking from ignorance. Japan's midfield must be very good if he's going to be um, not involved in the next couple of weeks. It's incredible because he's probably right up there with contenders for player of the season so far. Uh, and he's, he's, his, his assists he's, he's on Saturday have been great. He's, 
his energy that he brings to the team. He's forward running. He, again, he's he's a he's an a he's a box to box midfielder. He does pretty much everything. He's looking. I still, as much as he did make an impact when he first came in, in January, I still thought there was there's was maybe more there. And well, you've saw or he could do more. Well, you've seen. Are an it's just an incredible signing, you know. And, and Angie's plucked two or three of these guys now out that, and we've talked about recruitment a lot over the course of the show. And these are this this signing of Hatati is is it, it the engine room? I mean, he's everywhere. He covers mm. every blade of grass. He can assist. He can score. He, he does his he does his shift uh, going back as well. I mean, his performances this year, like I said, between maybe him Jota. Uh, O'Reilly I think they're they're right up there yeah. for play of the season we always, you always just have to temper this stuff a bit Roger I can just imagine Malky Mackay saying oh yeah my heart bleeds for Celtic that they're without Callum McGregor and they're, they're able to call on all the rest of these so it's, you know, it's a bit like when our clubs go into the Champions League and the golf and all that sort of stuff um, but have you know obviously O'Reilly Hatati, whether it's been Moy or Turnbull they, they obviously they had to step up even more in the absence of Callum McGregor Yeah very much so And it's been noticeable um, We spoke about that Front seven if you like I think Ange Postacoglu Rotates them quite well um, He's rotated the full backs Quite well He's even got into a rotation For the centre half That plays alongside Carter Vickers But the ones who are Never rotated Are Hitati and O'Reilly they, they play every week They play almost every minute Every week And they have As Kenny says They have become integral To the whole thing this season We're going to speak to Scott Who's a Rangers fan from Govan He's coming up next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scott is in Govan What's your point tonight Scott? Uh, Good evening Gordon Roger Kenny Hello Hi Scott Um, See before I get to my point Can I just give a quick shout out Gordon? I think this is the GBX Scott (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, do you know what? We kept you waiting so long tonight that I think it's only fair. Go on. Um, it's to it's the weekend for the, the Rangers sweep out at Ibrox. Um I do it every year, like, and hopefully we've got another couple of good nights and see if we can raise some more money for Glasgow Mission. Listen, of course, that's yeah. a great, that's a great call. I take back my cheeky comment about the GBX. You carry on. I will. Um, my point is. Um, do you think the Rangers board should maybe consider um, implementing the, the one-year rolling contract and very Celtic have got it? Um, especially now knowing how much it's going to cost to um, sack Gio in the team. Yeah, Roger, I, I mean, I think Celtic do do that, don't they? I don't think they did with Brendan Rodgers, funnily enough. I think did he get a bit longer... Um, It's a a two-way street actually Because the flip side of it You know Rangers put out their financial accounts last week It was made public for the first time They'd received over £4 million I think For Stephen Gerrard from Aston Villa So if you've got a manager on a long-term deal And somebody comes to pinch him Then they need to pay more money If you have your manager only in a 12-month rolling deal They only need to pay 12 months worth of his salary To get him away So you you can see Pros and cons on both sides of it. What's the reason, though, Scott? What you, what you try to say? You think is it j- just the financial thing? You do you forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth? Do you think Rangers would be getting rid of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst if they didn't need to pay so much compensation or a uh, payoff? I think they can't afford to pay him off. Um, it's probably as simple as that. Um, I am one of the fans that really did. We need something to change. You know, it's obviously a manager that needs to go, but. I don't know, I don't think the board can afford it. 
This is the beauty of this Kenny Because I'll never be In that situation As a complete layman Somebody who doesn't know Anything about football boardrooms And I don't care Whether it's Rangers Or anyone else I I, I would just Be really surprised If a football board Sat and went Desperate to sack this guy Really want to sack him Doing a terrible job Not the guy for us It's a bit pricey So, so we'll just keep him Can't, can't surely Listen I'll, I'll, I think you'd be surprised That's uh, incredible I think you'd be surprised what, Okay at what point then Does it become Can't afford To keep him Rather than well, can't afford To sack him that, That's the question That's that's how they've got to weigh up It's as simple as that uh, in, in relation to Scott's point I, I think You could sign a four year contract That doesn't mean to say You're getting paid off Four years money Of course you know? yeah I would, I would actually Assume That probably most Payoffs are probably About a year's money to be honest, which would tie in with that year rolling. No, everybody's, but I would think a lot of them will, uh, will be probably around about that type of payoff. But it's uh, again, these are all the things that dis- I don't think the Rangers. I don't think the Rangers board will be di- will be dictated to buy what the payoff is. I think it'll be more if they feel it's the right thing to do at this time, and can they get the guy that they want in the building at this time as well? So Scott, during this break, do you expect? Change? Do you see any way that this break finishes and you've still got the same manager? I want him to go. I sorry, that I should have reworded that because you've got your concerns about the finances. In, in your mind, then there's there's no way he should survive the break. No, because you've got to take in the fact that if you give him the time, you've got a January window coming through. So does he then get the purse to spend in a January window, and it, and we fall flat again? Come January, and then that's mere money wasted. Come the summer, so I don't. I think the board have got to really weigh it up the pros and cons of it. Is there a scenario, Scott? Would this make you feel any better, right? If this week the Rangers board put out a statement and said we acknowledged results have been far from acceptable for this football club, and we're going to use part of this World Cup break to assess what's best going forward. Any sort of communication Would it make you feel better Or is that stuff Just a waste of time um, It would make you feel better But you've got to take in The fact of uh, The AGM's just in the corner There's no way That board's going to put out a statement Saying right We're just sticking with us But mm. well, that's what I'm saying Roger I don't know I'm not saying the statement says Stick by it And how many times The managers get the vote of confidence And it's not You know It's not worth the paper It's written on Look, it's only Monday. The game was only Saturday. I just feel like part of the frustration from the fans that are phoning in and tweeting in is that silence. It's almost like they need to know that the board acknowledges that there is at least a decision to make. Um, that's not the style of this Rangers board to make public yeah. pronouncements like that. So I wouldn't have expected the board to have made a pronouncement yeah. like that today, to be perfectly honest with you, Gordon. I think Scott makes a good point. The annual general meeting is just round the corner, first week in December. Um... Will the board want to do something prior to that to take the sting out of it? Because of a feeling that you know, when shareholders gather for that meeting, it will not be a bed of roses for the Rangers directors. Um, I think they have a lot of thinking to do during this five-week spell. You can maybe even call it a three-and-a-half-week spell because they've only got three-and-a-half weeks till the AGM. Um, I genuinely don't know you could, you could say it either way I've said it before I don't think the status quo can go on Is it easier to get rid of one manager Than nine or ten players? Very probably And I think there are a few things That are working against Giovanni van Bronckhorst at the minute The World Cup break the, the closeness of the AGM And more than anything else 
he's just not going to tune out this team of players, Gordon. I think he's got 13 days. I think the Rangers board will forget three weeks, forget five weeks. They've got 13 days till this team come back to training. And there needs to be a decision. Is that what it is? Two weeks off? Is it the first two weeks? I think they've got two weeks off. I think you're right. So uh, that's when when the players touch back down in the training centre in a couple of weeks' time. If it's Geo, then that's it. Geo's taking the team moving forward. The board believes he's a man. If it's not, then the new guy needs to be in the building. Because otherwise, we've talked about the disastrous scenario is December the 15th comes, no changes happened, more drop points. No great performance, no upturn, no improvements. Yeah, and even even if you got to the Celtic game, and then there was a change made, I just think that that would be the complete worst case scenario for. And, and Scott rightly talks about the, the the timing of the World Cup break leading in. There's only three weeks to the transfer window when the first game's back. Like it could be a disaster if if uh, if if that set of circumstances unfolded at Ibrox, where there was no change made, and in that period leading into that, or even into the transfer window where business might have been done the, the decision was made then I just think it would be it would be absolutely ludicrous if that was to happen mm. Does it make any difference to you communication? You know, it does the, to the, me yeah. I, and it's not just for Rangers I think for any football club when, when they're in these moments uh, I think it's there's not many that communicate and put a bit of clarity out there I mean what I would say is what you're communicating make sure you stand by it you know don't say about this, this dreaded vote of confidence and then you're going to make the decision in three weeks time I think but I think communication just to let them know where they're at there's an acknowledgement of what's actually going on at the moment that's unacceptable I think fans there's a lot of uncertainty you know you're just waiting to hear are we going to hear are we not going to hear and then just when there's a kind of blanket silence for the football club it just leaves that in there whereas if you communicate anything you know it could be anything it's a, for me as a fan I think I would I would feel a little bit better if I heard something hmm. thanks a lot Scott it was nice to get your feelings on it 01419511025 can see Gary and Motherwell calling we might be a bit pushed for time Gary why don't we get you on tomorrow that would be uh, probably better and give you a, a good run at it if you don't mind um, anything else that's jumping out at you from the weekend you want to get off your chest Roger you, you mentioned David Martindale Robbie Nielsen both unhappy with VAR high drama late equaliser yeah um, not that I watch it I'm told Tony Adams is off strictly nah, uh, the weekend that, no. so I think Robbie Nielsen could be the man for next year after he's dancing the pitch when Josh Janelli scored that equaliser I, I was waiting on VAR ruling that out after he's gone and danced You know something pitch. I was The exact same thought Went through you my mind You said David Martindale Felt that it should have Because it was an Alan Forrest handball Twice an Alan Forrest handball But before that A foul by Toby mm. Sibic On Joel Nubley Can you imagine What else was out there That you want to Quickly Digest Because we are fast Running out of time I suppose you have to say Massive win Arguably biggest winners Of the weekend Kilmarnock It was a big one But all it did Was shine a light More on Hibernian Six defeats in seven They have plummeted from third to eighth They are five points off Aberdeen in third place And it's a big five weeks for Lee Johnson To try and You know I'm going to say get players fed Because every week He trumpets mm. all the guys who aren't available So he needs to get them back And he needs to get them producing some results uh, I think that's pretty much us Which means you've got quite a lot of work to do On this teaser We've neglected it but we didn't need it tonight We're having a Good discussion about other things We're looking for And it's now nine right I've cut one out The last nine Celt- uh, England internationals To play for Celtic So you've got Joe Hart Ian Wright Chris Sutton Fraser Forster We're only looking for nine now Alan Thompson Yep Dion Dublin Yep Did Alan Stubbs play? 
No. Nope. Steve Guppy. Steve Guppy. Oh, outstanding. Well done. Incredible. Carlton Cole. Yep. What's that? One more? Yep. Derek gave me the list and he put Scott Sinclair on it, but that was Team GB at the Olympics. Yeah. So that's not an official England cap. So Was Lee Naylor ever cap? Nope. It's not Lee Naylor. Now, here's one for you because I know it's a Celtic question, but actually, he's a former teammate of one of our old pals, Alex Ray. That do anything for you? I could have been Lee Naylor at Wolves. It's not Lee Naylor. Similar area of the pitch. Michael Gray. Michael Gray. There we go. Thank you very much to Roger and Kenny. Look, we're going to need your company over the next five weeks. No Premiership football, but we are going nowhere. So make sure you join us at six tomorrow with Mark Wilson and Gordon DL and Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>